Eat, drink, smoke. Where we eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, smoke the fine cigars. It is a table of angry, bitter people today. There's no other way to describe it. I'm going to let you go, Fingers. Uh, first of all, it's Eat, Drink, Smoke, uh, sponsored by Fanimation, Fanimation.com, your ceiling fan professionals, and Backbone Bourbon, the home of fantastic bourbon, rye, and gin. BackboneBourbon.com is where you go, both these places. Oh, you should be immediately buying from them and subscribe to the podcast, Eat, Drink, Smoke, on iTunes. April's got herself a little bit of a cold, and somehow that's the fault of the rest of the world, right? Absolutely. And then, fingers, I, I'm going to leave it to you. You are on fire because I'm going to see if I can say this right. I'm going to say this in a way you'll approve of. People with absolutely nothing invested have decided to make themselves angry over a subject where they prove their ignorance. Did I do it right? Yes. Can I say what it's about, or just, should I just leave you angry and leave people questioning? You and could, maybe you could you could say what it's about. All right. Fingers is. I'm gonna. Uh, apoplectic is not the word. Dismayed is the word. Because fingers knows. No, I think it's closer to apoplectic. <laughs> okay. I was trying to be nice. Defcon. Was, Defcon levels. Here. He's at Defcon zero. <laughs> the missiles are out of the tubes. Matthew Broderick's like, I thought we were supposed to win this tic-tac-toe game. Nothing's working. The the uh, auto workers went on strike at General Motors, right? So this is yes. the UAW. This is the union. And they have different contracts with different of the car manufacturers. And with GM, the contract was up. They couldn't come to a deal. They went on strike. Standard operating procedure for a union. The people on the political right the people on the political right, in way too many cases, don't take any time to learn the facts of what's going on. They go, union equals bad. I have often argued that the union is fine. Union leadership is usually, for me, problematic as the day is long. And I'm cleaning that up for you. And I would say that's not just people on the right. That's on both sides of the spectrum, but not about the union thing particularly, but... Uh, we will see later on in a different case. The left is jumping to conclusions too on lots of things without the facts. But carry oh, no, on. No, I don't. Th- I don't think you're wrong okay. about that. But on union specifically, okay. there's this there's this knee jerk reaction that happens. The union's on strike, and your social media feed fingers is filled with people saying, "Tell those union this, that, and the other to get back to work or go quit their jobs. Stop, stop bothering me," as if somehow they're on the hook personally. For the dollars. I mean, this goes back to bailouts and things like that, which still rubs people the wrong way, myself included. Um, if, if you, as a man who is quasi-close to the situation, were going to explain to people what they didn't understand. To, he's crossing his arms over <laughs> his chest like he's trying to explain. It's about he's to get tr- real. This is what he does when he tries to rationalize why he's a Detroit Lions fan. He takes the same exact posture. Right here. Same face. No, that's not true. When I we talk about me being a Detroit Lions fan, I look up to the heavens and wish the sweet angel of death would come down and kiss me on the forehead. It's an entirely different situation. They haven't lost a game this season. Undefeated in two games. Undefeated. Undefeated. Hey, that's, you got to start somewhere. <laughs> you can't complain about that. He's been on this road. This is still the road to eight and eight for <laughs> the Detroit Lions. Seven, eight, and one this year. <laughs> seven, eight, one. What in your mind, based on your experiences? Does the political right not understand about the union? Uh, I mean, that's the best setup I can do. Otherwise, you just start screaming, man. Well, I, no, you're no, a it's, wreck. It's it's it, and look, I understand why people are down on unions in this country. I get it. Uh, and and in this situation, the union does a really bad job of letting people know why they've walked out. There are things that go on inside these factories that the general public doesn't know about you know I, I i saw someone say let me get this straight these people are walking out for job security they're walking away from their jobs to fight for job security and, and it doesn't make sense to them and i understand why uh i look i know a little bit about what's going on at general motors right now and you have a situation where uh, General Motors relies uh, a lot on what they call temporary employees. Uh, the job security issue that they're talking about has a lot to do with these temporary employees who have been working at, in these factories for 
three, four, five years. These aren't when you're working for five years, you aren't temporary anymore. Clearly, you're needed, and and they're making half of what normal UAW workers make in the factory. So there's there's this resentment. The temporary worker is making half what the union guy is making. Right. And so there's resentment where you've got two people standing side by side uh, doing the same job and one's getting paid half and they're being told, hey, if you play your cards right, you can be like the person next to you that gets a full wage. So there are people in these plants saying, well, this isn't fair to these people. You know, their, their jobs aren't secure. They, they can come in and tell them that they're, you know what, uh, you, you were working 40 hours a week. Now you're only going to work 16. And if you don't like it, um, you'll never be hired here. So, but the union does a poor job of explaining to the general public why they're going out on strike. So people just look at it. They see, well, these people are very well compensated. Uh, you know, there, there's no reason for them to be going out on strike. Well, if you're if you're in a plant and if you're in a factory and you're told that you have to work seven days a week, twelve hours a day. For an extended period of time. And that actually happened. That's happening in one of the plants. Yeah, Spring Hill, Tennessee. Uh, look, you're going to want to push back. I, people people have this image of uh, auto workers that is, you know, unfortunately, some of it is well-deserved, but it's, it's from an era that doesn't exist anymore. You had the lazy auto worker of the 70s, the 80s, that they think that all, all they do is, like, sit around and, and sleep and get drunk at work. Uh, and that's not the case anymore. I mean, they have cut back so much to where these these are hardworking people. Uh, and people don't know or don't understand the collective bargaining system. So this is the way you, you negotiate a contract every four years to try to position yourself to where you get a raise. You try to keep, you know, what benefits you have. The corporation in this situation asked them to, to have their compensation cut. Pay more for health care. And, and, and GM the, asked the union worker yeah. to take a pay cut. Right. And so and, and the union workers looking at it going, you guys are making record profits. Why are, why are you doing this? So there's a lot of things that have led to this strike. On top of it, you've got a bunch of people that are out on a picket line right now who have had their corporation lie to them repeatedly. And now it looks like their, their union leadership... Uh, are, are crooks so they, they, they have no one to trust good time to pull up the beer because we're not doing bourbon today we're doing beer because April has a sore throat we figured the carbonation would, would tickle better I don't know about you if I have a sore throat I'm soda all the time nothing but this is the urban chestnut zwickle St. Louis Missouri uh, right here this is not hoppy this is a, a, a wheat beer it's got a, a good basic standard cloudiness to it uh, uh, it's German, on. and you pronounced that wrong. I think I, did, I pronounced it right. Urban Chestnut Brewing Company, uh, Zwickel. Zwickel. Zwickel? Yeah. It's not Zwickel? No, it's, uh, it's Bavarian. Leave it to the Jewish guy to not have good German. Um, this is going to be um, no hop whatsoever. Um, some people describe it as having a very sweet, uh, almost like red apple grass kind of feel uh, to it. I haven't tried it. Have, oh, you're already halfway done, April. Oh, hey, how you doing? Hi. Have you even started fingers? Yeah, it's very good. Oh, very smooth. Very smooth for a German beer. Oh, it is fruity. Red Apple's a good call. It's You're not sick. too fruity. You're sick. Right, you don't I'm get sick. to decide. I think Red Apple is dead on. And you'd think that would be something that April would love because she always drinks those cider beers. She drinks ciders. She's like, she's like a White Claw kind of girl. If White Claw wants to be a sponsor of, the, of this podcast, just for the irony... Ain't no laws. Yeah. I went to... Wait, what? Ain't no laws. I didn't know what When you're means. drinking White Claws. I went to Nashville last weekend, and the first thing, I, I, I stepped out of an Uber to meet people, and I, I look out onto the curb, and there are two empty cans of White Claw right? on the curb that some bachelorette party probably... What? It, so White Claw's hard seltzer. Yeah. So... So the peel is there's like zero fat, hardly any calories... It's just seltzer water with natural flavor in it. And alcohol. Right. Right. What is the alcohol? I don't know. How, how do you make seltzer alcohol? I, <laughs> I don't know, English professor. 
how do you make seltzer alcoholed? I'm not sure how it works, but there's hardly any fat in it, and there's still <laughs> water. <laughs> so you're like getting water as you're drinking. Oh, okay. So this is for hydration purposes. <laughs> I've never had it. We will do it one day. This is actually very good. This is um, too sweet for me in terms of I like I like darker. I like the porters. I like I like the stouts. Um, but it, it's this is a good summer beer. Yeah, this is solid. Drinking on a boat. Be great with a pretzel. Drink, drinking on a golf course. Be great with a pretzel. Yeah, no, actually, actually, a very good idea. Uh, this would be good. I, I, I already demolished the meat and cheese plate. Like, I ate it in seven seconds. I was starving. Uh, Backbone Bourbon, one of our great sponsors, backbonebourbon.com. Uh, you've got the rye, you've got uh, the gin, and then you've got uh, the bourbons. These are spectacular people from right here in Indiana, and you can ask for it by name. If you live in Indiana, ask for it by name. Tell them you heard about it on the Eat, Drink, Smoke podcast. Tell your liquor store wherever Backbone Bourbon. The Bone Snapper Rye, which we've reviewed here early on in this podcast, is still one of our favorites. Absolutely. It is terrific on every level. It was a year before they came on as a sponsor. So it's not like they, they bought our love. That, that can, you can buy Fingers Love it's true. by the hour, but you cannot buy our love here on, on the podcast. It's not the way it works. By the quarter uh, hour. But it's, it's, wow. Somebody thinks a lot of themselves. <laughs> yeah, you've been doing forearm exercises, I see. Backbone bourbon wow. is terrific. Really incredible stuff. Yeah, April D. Gregory. That's what happens. That's what happens when you get a quarter of a beer in me. They're terrific people. Right here in Indiana, you should ask for them. No matter where you are, Backbone Bourbon makes incredible bourbons and gins. I do enjoy it. More and more, I will admit, the nose on gin, that juniper kind of freaks me out. But what gin can do, the drinks you can make out of it, 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 it I think it's more acquired than bourbon or anything else out there. For sure. Um, but you can really have a lot of fun with it, and you want to deal with something that has a quality to it, and Backbone has got it, and then the Bone Snapper Rye. I can't say... An, absolutely should always be in your liquor. It will replace a lot of your bourbons as a go-to drink. That's what Backbone Bourbon has to offer. I want to get back to this. I want to get back to you, Fingers, because here is, a, I think, an acceptable, acceptable argument to be made. Right? You can tell me that the, the whole idea of the collective bargaining. You guys walk out because that's the only leverage you have. But we talk about this in a whole bunch of places. If I'm negotiating a new contract, right, my only leverage is to be willing to leave. It's the only leverage I have. When my new contract is due for for radio, if I'm not willing to walk away, what is the point of it all? If they feel that I'm not willing to walk away, if they feel, oh, he's got a house here, oh, he's got a family here, oh, he's got this project, he's not going to leave. If I'm not willing to just get up and go, what leverage do I really have? Now, anybody who knows me knows 100% I'm willing to get up and go. Like, the deal has to go to some extent my way. Part of a, of a negotiation is you're never going to get 100% of what you want. You got to be able to get the, the, the basics of what you want, maybe a little extra, and everyone leaves a little dissatisfied, right? That's how you know you had a good compromise. Right. You had a good deal. When we take a look, I'll speak for the people on the political right. When you take a look at how unions act, when you take a look at who they politically support, the amount of money, the millions of dollars that go into this. April works on campaigns. She's seen it with her own two eyes. We all know this to be true. It is frustrating as hell because the argument is not that... that a, a guy working the plant, working on the line, you know, building engines or whatever the case may be, he's looking for a better life for his family and his politics, Lord only knows. But if the guy who represents him at the top, that guy is very often a jerk. And that guy is virulently on the political left and calls guys like me Nazi, to which my rabbi says, I don't think that's very true. That's the problem. That's where it, this, it's, I don't even think it's about being angry at, at the, the union guy. Like, I don't think, do you think there's like deep anger at the actual union worker out there? No, I think it's just the, uh, well, for, for, I mean, for me, I just think it's the overlying theme. Like, you're just supposed to not like them. I think, I, I think, I think that a lot of it's rote and tribalism. I agree with yeah. that. Huge. There's a big disconnect between the rank and file worker and the leadership, and 
you you see it in what's going on with the United Auto Workers right now. There are if you talk to someone who works at Ford, Chrysler, General Motors uh, in the UAW about the international union, they're just as angry as anybody on the political right as far as how they're being represented. I mean, it, it's looking more and more every day like the president of the United Auto Workers uh, embezzled money. It, it his has, name is Gary Jones, and then there's a previous president, Darren Williams. Yes, I believe his name. The FBI, the IRS, and some other agencies raided their homes separately. Piles of cash in in Gary Jones's uh, garage, literally pile of cash. Yeah, so you, that's you, not normal. If you go on uh, the the plant floor and you talk to these people, look, so many of them are veterans. They're strong Second Amendment supporters. Uh, they're right wing, and they don't necessarily vote based on how their union tells them to vote, especially in Indiana, in 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 Ohio, and that's the other thing too. When when you see the messaging from the right, uh, it, it's one thing to criticize the the international uh, United Auto Workers or the the international Teamsters, but when it starts bleeding down to the rank and file members of these unions and then you you want them to go vote for the political right in 2020 i I, i've talked to guys where they've said look at these these people hate me and all i'm trying to do is make a living and support my family and these people can't stand me why would i vote for them so it i i think that messaging all the way around between the the corporation between the union uh political everybody wants the simple solution the simple uh, nobody wants to dig deep and, and, and examine an issue. It's just, it, it boils down to tribalism and the taking the easy position versus, you know, well, like looking the first for nuance. Thing, the first thing that happened was people like Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders are all on the, are on the side of the worker, right? GM is, 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 the, is the great evil. So, like, should Trump immediately show up to a picket line and march with the workers? Like, have you, have you noticed how he has... <laughs> He wants everyone to come together and make a deal. Right. That was his. That was one of his tweets, right? Come together and make a deal, because he realizes how many people on the, on the plant floor like him and yeah. like what he's doing, voted for him. and and voted for him. Uh, it, it's Trump has been in the labor movement. It's it's been quite a phenomenon because you've you've you'll see people on who are diehard unionists who are leftists, and there are you know, those individuals who would have been jumping up for joy if Barack Obama had been implementing these trade policies who are now all of a sudden worried about corporate profits and are against it because uh, Trump is a Republican and orange man bad. So uh, they're now all of a sudden they're... More tribalism. Yeah, exactly. So they're dead set against it. And I it's comical to watch. That. See, Trump, one of the things that we've discussed is a place called Lordstown. Lordstown is in Ohio. And it was a GM plant and they closed it. Now, there's rumors of an electric truck company going in there and taking it over. But there were four plants that were closed. They've only closed three of them. The Detroit plant is still open. And part of it is because changing tastes in American culture. We don't drive cars. We're not driving the Chevy Cruze. We're not driving the whatever. We're, we're all driving a, a truck or an SUV of one kind or another. Or a scooter. For the last mile. But in our daily driving, <laughs> we're, we're driving. Hey, if they want to make scooters there and GM can make them, I think they'd do it. Um, so the taste changed. So some of the plants aren't necessary anymore. For Trump, for politically, closing a plant in Ohio is freaking devastating. Absolutely devastating. If you're the guy who's bringing jobs and, and everything else, you need this to work. But the other side of that coin for him politically is that while Mary Barra, the CEO of GM, he might be trying to pressure to do this. All those guys on the floor, more Trump, more Trump supporters than we know and we realize. Absolutely. So what does he do? And I think there would be a pretty interesting thing if he showed up to a strike site and said this strike should end and leadership should get back with GM right now and end it for these guys' sake. I think it would be an interesting moment. I don't know if I've ever seen a president in my lifetime. I've never seen a president do that. That would be an interesting moment. You'll see a statement from a president saying, oh, we, I hope both sides get together and get an agreement yeah, so we can get the yada, yada, yada. That's the easy way out. A- absolutely. Uh, look, it's, it's not good for GM. It's not good for the union to have this thing last very long. It's bad PR. Um, you're, you're right when you bring up the bailout. This just brings up 
uh, memories of of the bailout and people who were angry about that. It just it's it good PR for the left, though. How so? Because they it just keeps the narrative of big greedy corporations and CEOs and all that stuff. What's amazing is how it the bailout kind of changed everything because there was a, for a while there the political right loved GM because you know pickup trucks SUVs they were pushing back against the uh, environmental movement and plus you know GM got railroaded by Dateline NBC uh, they they put some uh, incendiary devices to make it look like SUVs weren't safe and made it sound like oh well the GM SUV could catch when fire. the hell did that happen oh gosh uh, the late nineties. And, and oh, so I didn't know about that. Oh yeah, and so but then as soon Sounds as like the, a scandal. So then as soon as the bail, right? as soon as the bailout happened, then it flipped, and then all of a sudden you saw many leftists who couldn't stand GM. The Democrats, in large part, and some Republicans wanted to bail GM out. Then all of a sudden it's oh we got to get behind GM and support it, and then you had right wingers go, the hell with GM. It's, it's very interesting how. Things can swing on a pendulum based on tribalism. Going back to what no, I said. No, no, no. But I won't argue that bailouts are tribalism. Bailouts are just wrong. They're just wrong on every single level. I get All that. bailouts are wrong. Trying to bail out AIG, bailing out anybody on Wall Street, bailing out GM or Ford or Chrysler. It's all wrong. But, Tony, the, the focus on the GM bailout versus, say, uh, farmers. You won't every get me year. to disagree. And, and, but there is the, the grudge because GM uh, has. A union workforce that benefited from the bailout. People are clinging on to that General Motors bailout versus, say, every year They're farmers getting to it getting because, because the union guys at the top are are nasty, man. I mean, that's part of the that's part of the fundamental problem. I, I, no, I agree with the, you there. The height it, it could could they if they could just find their way to not supporting just one side. But rather, maybe just hedge a bet, something, anything. Could I? Could I get that? And that's and and that can't be denied. The tribalism part of the political right immediately looking at union and thinking bad, and not understanding the difference between the um, the the rank and file, and those people you get to see on CNN, right there. That's a fundamental issue. And I don't I don't disagree. I think I agree with you wholeheartedly there. Uh, that that doesn't happen, and that's part of the problem. That's part of a big problem. And I know I'm coming across as this, this pro-union leftist, and that's not my, my I don't aim think, here. I, I don't think that's, that's what you're saying. I'm just saying that I, I just I don't understand the, the passion behind the criticism on, on the right when it comes to this, when it doesn't affect their lives at all. I mean, I, the, okay, no, it say doesn't. what you... And like, if you think about people here in Indiana, we all know union workers... Yeah, one way or another, right? Yeah, and we, we know they're not bad people. We know they're our friends. They're people we know. They're our family. I mean, especially in a, ta- a city or a Lord, state like Indiana, Ohio, Michigan, we all know all these people. Don't act like they're the greedy SOBs that you're. I don't to make think them out to anything be. that you've said is like painting yourself as anything. I think you've been explaining an issue, and part of the problem is we don't we don't do enough of that, right? What is what is the story uh, underneath? Now, I I disagree on certain levels, um, and I disagree. If the argument is we as union members are going to go on strike, so these non-union guys have an opportunity to be a part and make the same money we're making, also because we desperately need the people because we can't keep up with the demand. There's there's if you've got a plant in Tennessee that's demanding seven hours a day, twelve hours a day. That might be considered unreasonable. If you don't do it, you lose your job. That might be considered messed up. Now, there is the argument of, well, there's always someplace else to work. It's, an, it's a legit argument. It's, what's not an argument is that, well, it doesn't mean I still can't fight for the better deal for me here. Because we all do it in the idea of, I can get up and leave. That's fighting for the better deal for you, too. You, pe- and I don't know why that seems to get lost in a, in a mix. People use leverage to do what they can to be better compensated. Well, in our system... Unfortunately, the, the way to use leverage to get a better deal is to, to do what this union has done. And, you know, I, I know of people from different companies that went to, you know, from Ford and from Chrysler that went to the GM plants to help pick it because 
this is the pattern. They, they get the GM agreement, and then they take that agreement to Ford and Chrysler. So these GM workers may be striking so Ford and Chrysler don't have to. That's another issue that people just don't know about mm-hmm. the collective bargaining agreement. So it's, it's, it's very complicated, and I just, don't, I just don't get the passion from people who it, it, it doesn't affect their lives at all. I want to move on to Aunt Becky. Please do. Lori Laughlin, who you don't know. You know, you know who Lori Laughlin is? Lori Laughlin. Uh, she is uh, the person that they named Laughlin, Nevada after. I love their casinos. That's it's absolutely fine. not true. No? She is Aunt Becky. This is full house. This whole part of the cheating scandal. And Felicity Huffman got 14 days in jail. Felicity Huffman from Desperate Housewives, 14 days in jail. Lori Laughlin had decided she's going to fight this case. Lori Laughlin made the decision that I didn't do anything wrong. Sure, I spent $500,000 getting my daughter into USC. Which I gotta say, USC is turning out more and more to be a garbage outfit. <laughs> Not only do they want you to go there, but they only want to take you if you've got a couple of bucks that you're also going to be able to donate to the school. It went downhill after Reggie Bush. Let's face it. <laughs> <laughs> so she, when this whole thing broke, she was one of the parents. She's like, I'm not. I didn't do anything wrong. I'm, I'm pleading innocence. I'm Aunt Becky. I don't know if she said it like that. I assume she said it like Your that. Your Aunt Becky impersonation it, is spot I'm Aunt on. Becky. That's how it went down. And she has now seen what has happened. She has seen the results. The 14 days Felicity Huffman got from Desperate Housewives uh, in, in this case. And she's like, um, maybe, I should, uh, maybe I should have pled guilty. Maybe I should have done it. She's now regretting fighting this thing. She really thought she was going to be able to get off because in her mind... She was saying, and she, she's quoted at this. Well, you know, what's the difference between this? I thought I was like giving to a library. I thought like I thought I was like donating a library. It's like the same thing. It's not the same thing. Although plenty of people give a library to get their kid into the school, right? <laughs> Why is there not an Aunt Becky library at the USC? Why didn't she do it that way? <laughs> She'd be. They would love her forever, and uh, and her, all her kids would be there. There wouldn't be even a question. There wouldn't be a question about this. Yet. Well, it probably costs more than $500,000. Oh, digital library. The USC Aunt Becky digital library. Cafe, snack bar. (laughs) You know what? You're right. Half a million might not be enough. No. Half a million might not be enough to get yourself a a, a library out there. You get yourself a path. You have the Lori Laughlin pathway to success, (laughs) which walks you from, you know, uh, the uh, the, the, uh, student lounge to the restrooms. (laughs) You know? (laughs) To the John Stamos restrooms. Fill, fill your soul and then relieve your bowels. <laughs> it is the Aunt Becky pathway to success. So now she's like, oh my gosh. I think I, I think I should have I think I should have pled not guilty. That's so great. Honestly, I think Felicity Huffman should have gone to jail for more. If I if I dude, I try and bribe a cop when I'm speeding. I have said this before. I'm, I'm I'm going to jail for a year. She bribed the entire university. And she knew it. It's not like yeah. she was. If she that's was a like law, duped. it needs to be applied fairly. Is that wrong? But it's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> I agree with John Legend. What did John Legend say? How just prison reform and people should, it doesn't affect anybody's lives for her to go to jail for fourteen if days. John Legend believed in prison reform. Why isn't he a Trump fan? Him, and why is Chrissy Teigen cursing at the president? This is so ridiculous. Nobody should agree, agree with John Legend because of the song "All of Me." Right then and there, nobody should ever agree with John. Oh, yeah, Wait, I don't know that song. Oh yes, you oh, would if yeah, you yeah, heard yeah. it. Oh yeah, sing, sing me a bar. Sing me. Wait, you, you all right? April, you gonna do it? it? No, I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> it's a love ballad. It was like the biggest song of 2014, 15, Is 16. Because all of me loves all of you. Oh, that's John Legend. Yes, yeah, that song's and terrible. Yeah, he sounds like a, a baby seal's being beaten on the beach or something. Wow. There's no way to treat baby seals. It was seals. like everybody's wedding song. Oh. Was it? Was that everybody's wedding mm-hmm. song? Can I tell you a story about a wedding? Sure. Uh, so, um, sure, sure. As you know, uh, Fingers Malloy is ordained. He's an ordained minister. He is. That's it's, true. It's Fingers Malloy. Hey, watch Pay this. him with bottles of Jack. Everyone listening right now, take a second. Just absolved your sins. Congratulations. Oh You're welcome. <laughs> Well, I want to say for the record that he is no longer the only ordained minister at the table. Oh. oh. I have been asked to perform a wedding. Nice. By a, a co-worker came to me and was like, listen, um, 
so he's a very nice kid a super nice kid his fiance is exceptional I mean they're a lovely decent normal couple that's not Biari then he's he's like um, wow no it was not my producer it was not (laughs) producer Ari that's that's not happening Um, it was uh, so listen we're we're having this we're we're getting married Um, but it's not a it's not a religious service and the person that we thought we'd ask they want it to be a religious service we want it to mean something we don't want the the religion we're doing in another way just not for this and so we were kind of hoping you'd do it it took me a month and a half to say yes this is like the heaviest thing anybody has ever asked me ever really ever now you're about to perform another wedding yes fingers malloy yes for uh, for uh, dear uh, friend of the show yes <gasps> Uh, oh, my and gosh. Gosh. oh my god! That's incredible. names. Incredible. So I demanded that I perform a Greek Orthodox ceremony, though. Oh, so did you? I don't know if that's going to. That's excellent. Put a kink at things, but so so like it. I don't know how long it took you. It took like like and this is something you know a little bit better, so maybe it's easier. It took me a month and a half to really make sure, like. I this think is a little selfish because if you're a couple and you're trying to plan a wedding, like you needed to know yesterday. I who's doing and the I could not be rushed. I needed to know that this is something so I could dramatic. commit to. This is serious. I, I have met with a You're couple. Multiple, a I met with their families. I met certificate to marry some people, and you're thinking it's that serious? It's it's totally you, that you didn't serious. go through seminary for 15 years. <laughs> you, you just took a 15 minute test. Yeah, it took you longer to make the decision than it did to get you ordained. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Because you know what I did to get ordained? This is how ridiculous it is. I put in my name. Yep. Hit enter. Congratulations. That was Uni- it. Universal Life Church? I, I I refuse to say. Oh, come on. Because that part, you see, that part is But here's for, the thing. Does that affect your Jew? Does that affect <laughs> She can't stop. So I thought about that. You're Jewish. Um, I, I thought about that. And so the first thing's first, where, the, where I, I, I did as much research as a human being could do. She's crying. Literally crying. Did she say you're a Jews Jew? Can't marry people. <laughs> no, not them. They have religion. They, they have. They have. They're not allowed to eat lobster. How could they marry people when they can't eat lobster? The whole thing doesn't make any sense. I tell you. Oh. And what's that about the horns in their head? How could you marry somebody with <laughs> horns poking out of your head? Oh. God, you are. You are the gift. You are the shiksa gift that keeps on giving. An American, so, God. an American treasure. I read everything about it. There's nothing, absolutely nothing religious within the thing. I think the whole idea of having to be quote-unquote ordained is just ridiculous. But well, marriage course. licenses require these kinds of things. And so it's whatever. It's nonsense. I th- Really, what I'm doing is I'm not, I'm not any part of it other than just I'm a conductor. That's all I'm doing. You know, they're, they're going to get married whether... It matters whether, whether I do it or not. Right. What they wanted was, the, and these are religious people, and they go to church, and they do mass, and the whole thing. For this, they wanted something different. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to argue it with them. And I said, okay, but you know I don't do this or I don't do that. And there are some things I just, I'm never going to, that's just never going to happen. Like, yeah, it, that's the whole point. So I'm doing it. So I've been, I've been writing it out. So are you going to be doing some of the cliche things like the letting them write, uh, write their own vows or uh, the unity Jenga? What, what's the unity Jenga? Oh, you don't know what the unity Jenga is? That's when um, you say now it's time after they've, uh, you know, some people do the uh, unity candle, but now there's the unity Jenga where there'll be a, a Jenga set behind you. You pull it up and then for 45 minutes, the couple will do Jenga and then uh, the loser uh We'll is powerless the in the in the relationship <laughs> moving forward. That's how it works. Yeah, has to do the dishes for the rest of their life. <laughs> I, I there, no no one has informed me of doing any Jenga. I don't have Jenga. I do have her. I've I've written how I'm like gonna gonna start this. I've written this out. So I, I want to I want to run it by you. Okay. Let me show this again. Okay. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. <laughs> Electric word life. It means forever, and that's a mighty long time. But I'm here to tell you there's something else. The afterworld. This is getting Shh. deep. Fingers. April doesn't know. April no. doesn't know. She's never heard of Prince. Oh my Just God. let it go. Oh, A world of never-ending happiness. You can always see the sun day or night. Are you with me now, April? No, this is awesome. <laughs> do, you know, do you know the song Let's Go Crazy by Prince? Probably if I heard it. Oh my god! 
You are the worst person ever. And just like that, millennials go back to the basement where they belong. Oh, that is... You're not really doing that, though, It's the lyrics to Let's Go Crazy. But you're not really doing that. Although it would be funny if I started that way. Dearly beloved. They wouldn't get it. You said they're young. They wouldn't get it. No, a couple of people in the back would be like... I, I got a good I got a j- good joke for the end of it that I did for my one wedding that I uh, officiated yeah. uh, by the power vested in me the state of Indiana and www.ministry.org I now pronounce you man and wife did you actually say that yeah <laughs> you, you made their day yeah see that's the kind of thing I don't want to do I don't want to be hokey about it like I want like no, I, just slide in one funny joke or something what's a funny like what's a Listen, be, before you kiss the I'm bride. I'm not writing your jokes for you. Before you kiss the bride, two Jews walk into a bar. <laughs> like, what? No, where do I slide a, that in? Just some sort of play on words or something. Nothing. Obviously, the focus is on them. Take my wife, please. Right. Just throw that out there. Right. Yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah, you don't want to take away the focus from them. I think obviously, a, you're still an entertaining person, so me, you might me, need to throw in one joke. Let me let me try this. This is a very, very important day for your parents, because now they don't have to think of you having sex and sin. Is that is that not it? Ooh. Is that not it? A little deep. You know? Um, uh, let's see. How many more cliche jokes can I go? Uh, by the way, we, we all know the date, so um, uh, more than nine months, please. Thank you. How about that one? Is that okay? You could, hire, okay? you could hire an actor to walk out with a shotgun. What if I say to the groom, but you were getting the milk for free? What if I do that? Is oh that all right? God. Is that not, not good? God, I Look gotta. at the bride and go, white? Really? Ah, yes. That's a good one. Oh, my God. That's solid. That's, that's, uh, you know what? I'm writing that down. I'm writing that, that's going in the repertoire. They're about to fire you if they listen to this show. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. They don't listen to podcasts. We're cool. Oh. We are, we are totally cool. Hey, it's Fingers Malloy. Listen and subscribe to the Eat, Drink, Smoke podcast over on iTunes. And please leave us a five-star review. For you non-iPhone people, you can check out Eat, Drink, Smoke on TuneIn, Stitcher, and Fireside. Now back to Eat, Drink, Smoke. So we're getting to the cigar here. <laughs> Stop. I don't know why he does that. He just randomly points at me. That's my uh, this... Isaac from uh, The Love Boat. Oh, is that what you're doing? Oh, that's very peculiar. It's good for radio. The Xeno Platinum Scepter Series. This is a Davidoff. Now, I'm a fan in certain degrees of Davidoff. And because we're doing the, the, the what do I call it? Zvickle? Is that what I say? Zvickle? Schmeckle? Which I got to admit, it's, it's good. It's not my kind of beer. Right? I think the red apple is really there. It's it's light. I think it's good. It's It's certainly not hoppy, but it's just not my... It's just not for me, but I understand why it would pair with this. We actually went with the purposeful pairing in this one. This is the Zeno uh, Platinum uh, Scepter Series. Now, where's where's the, it's a tubo? Can we have the tube right there next to you? Right. So a tubo literally means it came in a tube. That's it. Now this is the Grand Master. It comes off also uh, one called the Chubby. Tee-hee. I just wanted to see how long I could do the pregnant pause. Thank you. Uh, this is a mild, more of a full mild. Cigar, probably one of the lighter things we've ever smoked on uh, the, the the podcast. This is an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper. Um, this comes out of the Dominican, but the filler is Dominican and Peruvian. It is uh, of both. Um, you're gonna get a. Vi- it's not that you're gonna get any level of harsh on anything. You're not even gonna get a harsh pepper on this, but naturally, Davidoff, you're gonna get some pepper. On it, you will get into a little bit of actually baking spice, a little bit of those kinds of things, which is where I think it's going to pair really well with the Zwickle, right? Red apple, baking spice. You got a whole pie thing happening. Ooh, and very if, you're, if you're at April's place, it would cost $55. <laughs> uh, April makes pies for $55 a piece. Go back and check some of the old podcasts. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes. Eat, drink, smoke on iTunes, and you'll get all the podcasts. It is amazing and growing because of you. I appreciate it. So that's what this is. Now, the wrapper on this is is a light brown. It's t- starting to pale. It's light brown starting to pale. I will admit, I'm attracted to cigars based on wrapper. I'm attracted to cigars based on that, that oily, those darker hues. This is usually something I'm not a big fan of, but I'm absolutely willing to give it a try, specifically for the idea of the pairing, how the two things go together. And for some people, they don't want the heavy. 
They don't want the Maduros. They don't want the, the rich oilies. They just want something simple and easy and isn't going to knock them out, isn't going to be painful the next morning when you get like that little bit of cigar mouth, which I admit I still do. I still get it at, at time to time. And there have, only, there have been very few cigars where I don't, and no matter the price point. And the last time I really didn't, the Royal Salomonis from Davidoff, it's 100 bucks a stick. I woke up the next huh. morning, I was three inches taller. Like, gold. <laughs> like that's like that's how good it was. This there's nothing wrong with the cigar though, right? Nothing. It's nice I, and mild. And I like a mild cigar. So and and the way we're doing, I mean, we're we're mid afternoon here when we're doing the podcast today. We're even doing it late. We, we did it on the day we released it, which is a Monday, which is usually very very rare for us. But what it allowed in this case is it allowed us to get into the the news story of Brett Kavanaugh, which is. The New York Times is trash. The New York Times is a rag. Do not trust the New York Times. I used to say there are still good reporters at the New York Times. I don't know what to do with for those people anymore. They've got to make a decision on their lives. I get it. You work where you work. You got to get paid. You got the gig. That's it. This is not a serious newspaper. Brett Kavanaugh is the Supreme Court Justice. And last year, they told you that Brett Kavanaugh was a sexual predator. They told you that Brett Kavanaugh was... Uh, you know, have, he was uh, improper to a woman named Christine Blasey Ford when they were kids. She made all these allegations, but nothing got corroborated. Everybody she said was at this party where he supposedly attacked her. They say there was no party. There are adults now. This is like 30 plus years later. There was no party at all. And so she, I, I used to think that she actually thinks something happened. But when you hear her lawyer named Deborah Katz, no relation. Talk about how Christine Blasey Ford did this and, and discussed this because there should always be an asterisk next to Brett Kavanaugh's name. And if he goes after Roe v. Wade, you'll know not to trust him. That's why you did it? Because you support abortion so much? You're willing to try and destroy a man's life by lying? I don't believe anything she says now. Anything. That brings us to the New York Times. And these two reporters... Now, correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Two reporters, they released an excerpt of their book on the New York Times. And the book is about some n- new revelations about Brett Kavanaugh and people accusing him of sexual impropriety. Here's the story. He's a freshman at Yale. He's drunk. Now, I believe both those things happened. He was a freshman <laughs> at Yale, and he spent a lot of time drunk. He liked beer. He liked beer, so and there's no doubt about it. He had his pants down. He was had a party, and friends pushed him into, pushed him, and his penis was thrust into a woman's hand. That's the story. Not that he was thrusting himself into anybody's hands, but that he was pantsless and friends pushed him and thus his hand, his, his penis ended up in somebody's hand. By the way, I'm going for the over-under on penises. 14. That's what I'm going for. This is the story that they told. And immediately you had presidential candidates saying, oh, he should be impeached. And people are yelling and screaming. They left out one key piece to the puzzle. Two, actually. The guy who makes the accusation, the guy, is named Max Steyer. Max Steyer says he saw this happen. Max Steyer used to be a lawyer for Clinton. The woman he says this happened to, because she's not gone public, her friends say... Yeah, she has no idea what you're talking about. She doesn't think this ever happened. Well, they didn't put that in the New York Times article. Well, you're ignoring the uh, "Believe All Clinton Lawyers" hashtag that was all over. <laughs> you know what? I missed but, it. Yeah, of all the things I missed, it's been a bad week for the New York Times. It has been a horrible week for the New it's York. Been Times. about ten, t- ten days, two weeks. You had the nine eleven oh. controversy. Where they the, the tweet was uh, I got it right was, here. Uh, go. Eighteen years ago, or eighteen years have passed since airplanes took aim and brought down the World Trade Center. That is the most scumbagish thing you could say. Well, who let the airplanes off a leash? <laughs> it is so. It is some airplanes did something. It is so <laughs> unbelievably awful to say that airplanes took aim. Not radical Islamists. Not radical Islamic terrorism. Airplanes. It is. I mean, that is that is pure on hateful. And then they had a tweet earlier, like th- like 30 days ago, about how Mao, Chairman Mao, was just this young dissident, and now and, and, and today we look at him as the start of an, a great rebellion or something. 
He murdered 60 million people. He looked at Stalin and said, top that bitch. That's who he is. But can't we talk about his, him as a singer-songwriter? <laughs> That's what gets overlooked in this whole thing. It's like Rolling Stone taking that picture of the Sarnev kid and putting him on the cover. He's the Boston Marathon bomber. Putting him on the cover like he's a rock star. They did that? Go look it up. Uh-huh. Hold on. No, do it right now. Do it right now. Rolling Stone Snart- Sarnev. T-S-A-R-N-E-V cover. You will lose your mind. This guy maimed people in the Boston Marathon bombing. And they put him on the cover like he, like, like he was a Jonas brother. Yeah. In, insane. Oh. Jeez, I saw that. Insane. Three tweets from the New York Times about Mao, about 9-11, about this. And what was the tweet about this? The tweet about this one is the best. You may think somebody thrusting their penis in your face is just harmless fun. But for one person, they decided that's why they shouldn't be at Yale. This was the tweet. That's the third one they deleted. Harmless fun. It's, it's harmless fun maybe if you know the penis. Right? <laughs> if, if, if you're on a first name basis, it might be fine. Harmless fun. These people are all crazy. Don't you feel like, here's the deal. When it comes to stories like this and stories like these, it's like they try to make them sound so over the top. Like they they, they stole a a scene from Porky's and tried to make it sound like, well, this is what happens in real life uh, with these right wingers at Yale. Uh, You know, it it goes back to like the Trump story with... uh, uh, Peeing on the on, on the bed. Oh, the old dossier. Uh, oh yeah, the dossier. And uh, Stormy Daniels was smacking him in the ass with the uh, Time magazine. Oh, I believe him. that happened. Oh, I don't oh, believe that. Sure. No, that one hundred percent happened. Guaranteed your money back. Oh, no way it happened. Oh yeah. Hey, oh, give me a Wait, break. Was that just me? <laughs> no, that totally happened. That totally no, happened. No, it didn't. He's a freak. He's not going to waste his time. Hey, I need you to do something and then get out. That's all that is. It's no, there was fun. more that happened. Uh, I'm sure. Nah, That's only just one part all, of it. it, it they, they have to have like a screenwriter no, it, to come up with these stories. What it wasn't was an affair. It was a one-night stand with a porn star. Oh, oh. And he was billionaire Donald Trump. Yeah, it happened. I don't want anyone to misunderstand. I, I believe that something happened between the two of them. But when they start, oh, we need to embellish on the story a little bit. Uh, let's get a, oh, you know what, Time Magazine smacked him in the ass, smacked him in the ass with the cover of him on Time It's like, oh, come on. It, you, you need a screenwriter. All I know is when I'm on the cover of Time Magazine, well, I only no. hope fingers you'll smack me <laughs> in the ass with it. <laughs> yeah, nobody needs those details, true or not. <laughs> nobody needs it. You're, you're not wrong about the embellishing, right? So that's one thing they try and do to, to dehumanize. What they're doing to Brett Kavanaugh, I mean, they're trying to kill the dude. Is, are they? The abortion part of this story, I've had a couple people comment on that. Are they so desperate not to have another conservative on the court because of abortion that they'll destroy a man's life? Yes. They'll destroy a life if they get minor abortion. Casualty. They'll destroy a life now. What? Minor, minor casualty. Yeah. For the greater good? Yeah, I mean, you, the picture of, I, I don't know, I'm just thinking the picture of Hillary and Obama and all them sitting in the war room watching people die just happens. Yeah, but in, in, in that, they're, you know, they're not watching Benghazi at that moment, right? Now, Benghazi, they may have well watch people die, but all this for abortion, I mean, that's a, that is some radicalness. They lost this. They tried this. They lost it. And now they're going to bring it back. And it was debunked in 15 minutes. But because of his political beliefs, Tony, he deserves it. Hmm. There's a certain segment of the population who believes that. Oh, for sure. And the other thing is, you know, Pelosi is telling them to quit with the impeach Trump stuff. So they got to start trying to impeach somebody else now. Can we all be perfectly clear? They're going to impeach Donald Trump. Do you want to place bets? They're going to impeach Trump. This is happening. Does any... Does anybody actually think that Nancy Pelosi can stop these people? She doesn't want them talking about it. They're going to do it. Well, because she's not going to have an option. She's the only one looking at the big picture of how much that will hurt them in 2020. 
But she's played around with it while we're nah, gathering evidence, while we're doing this, while we're doing that. Well, she wants she to do better. the dance to keep the bass engaged. It's just like right. Beto O'Rourke going around and saying, oh, yeah, you're, you're, they're going to just give up their guns. They're going to be forced to. He you actually tried w- to make the case, Beto O'Rourke, about taking people's AR-15s, that it's constitutional because of the Commerce Clause. You didn't sell it to me. Now you're going to buy it back with my own tax money. This, the Commerce Clause is, is what... The, this was Article 1, Section 8, Clause 3. This is what we're talking about? This is... We haven't even talked about Beto. He, he's, Beto O'Rourke is more dangerous than an AR-15. <laughs> I mean, how could he not be? A guy who is so willing to take away your rights? A guy who... who and how is he going to do it? The only way to take the guns in someone's house is to walk in with bigger guns. Point them at your wife's head or your kid's head and say, where are the guns? Well, and I got to say, this messaging will play well in Ohio and Michigan and Wisconsin and Pennsylvania. Every time you turn around and, and think... Yeah, but he won't be the mom of me, so it won't it matter. It doesn't matter, though, because if the Republicans are smart, they're going to say... See, see what Beto O'Rourke is saying? They all believe this, you know. They all want this to happen. He's just being honest about it. Yeah, which we knew all along when they've, they've been telling us for how long. Oh, we don't want to take your guns. But we knew all along that was their goal. So, first, you're right. Absolutely. Secondly, I absolutely positively agree. And I think you're going to see change. I have long said that Beto O'Rourke is out of this race. And then El Paso happened. And it's sinful to say that his uh, path to the presidency was resurrected by a mass shooting. That's a sinful thing to say. However... He has decided, remember, it was a year ago, he was running for Senate, and he was saying you can keep your AR-15. He's on record saying exactly that in radio interviews. He's going to go the other way and be a radical, rabid person about it, and people are going to say, there's somebody who's committed to the cause. He's not wishy-washy like that Pete Buttigieg, the mayor of South Bend, Indiana. And he's going he's gonna to surpass Buttigieg in the polls because of this. Because he's cursing up a storm, and he's like, screw it, I don't care. Hell yeah, we're going to take your AR-15. And the people who are anti-gun, who don't care about rights, and certainly don't care about private property, they never even thought of it in that way. Remember, they don't think of the gun as your private property. They don't understand that as a, as a, as a fundamental bedrock principle. So he's going to do better because of this. It's like David Hogg, aged 25 years, and decided to run for president of the United <laughs> States. I mean, even his demeanor, how he communicates... <sighs> Right? This is not going to play well in states that went for Trump in 2020 that the, or in 2016 that the Democrats need in 2020. This kind of garbage. It's not going to play. Um, what do you mean it's not going to play? A strong anti-gun message. We're, we're, it's, it's not just, well, we want... It went from we want... What, what, what is the... the uh, the mantra of moms demand action. We want sensible gun laws or sensible gun reform or whatever they say. Uh, this is, oh, we, no, we want to confiscate your guns now. Yeah, but they'll tone it down that, a little bit in the general. But but if the Republicans are smart, they're not going to let them tone it down. No. They're going to keep throwing it back in their faces. Well, you know, you've had a major presidential candidate on your on your side say that they, they, he would confiscate your guns. Co- confiscate the American people's guns. Oh, you're right about that. That's going to get played for forever. That's going to play Between forever. that and the, the seven-hour climate change telethon that they had on CNN gave the Republicans so much material to use in the, in the general. They'll use against any political candidate that comes out of, of, of the, on the Democratic side. Yeah, but the people who already hate Trump don't care about those things. Does Trump hate overwhelm your, your people on, on, on firearms figuring, ah, it probably won't happen anyway? It may drive skeptical people to the polls who did not want uh, to vote for Trump. Who will say, these people have gone out of their minds between uh, the Green New Deal and gun confiscation. I cannot see one of these people be president of the United States, and I'll go vote for Trump because of it. Well, yeah, you can't give one of them the presidency and the House. What? They already have the House. Like, you can't just also give them the other... The presidency also. The other presidency in the Senate? Yeah, and then say, oh, it's not going to... I'm... The, the gun conversation only uh, frightens me 
not in the clearly these people are gun grabbers and anybody who was on the fence the other way sees it now and is like, okay, I can't do it. We were talking about the guys uh, who work uh, in, in the factory, right? The guys who are, many of those guys are going to be Second Amendment supporters. They're going to be like, what the hell is that? That's the kind of madness I don't want anything of. Holy God, these socialists are ridiculous. They're dangerous people. You know, we talk about there are people who want to raise the age that you can purchase a firearm, but they want to lower the voting age. You could do far more damage with a vote than with a gun. We, we know this to be fact. History is on my side here. That isn't to say that damage can't be done with a gun. It's that you could do more damage with votes that lead you down the road of, of, of government control. You're going to vote for a guy who's going to confiscate weapons? Private property from law-abiding citizens? Are they even going to ask themselves how it's going to happen? It's, it's so, yeah, that's the thing. It's so easy to make these statements. How easy is it going to be to send someone into a home in Oklahoma? Why Oklahoma? Why not someone? There are going to be many places where it's going to be difficult to do. There are, going to be, there are plenty of Californians who will be like, screw you. This is nuts. This is a surrealism on the highest level. And they're sure they're going to be people who are like, screw it. We're not going to vote for that. But I, I don't know whether or not Trump hate is real, right? Of Trump course. hate is totally real and, and clinically insane. Don't like the policy that you hate the guy so much you can't function is, is just weirdness. And, it, and transfer it to his wife, too. Can't stand his wife. That's crazy. That's crazy. And talk, it's not that I'm going to argue she's been treated poorly. Right? Sarah Palin got treated poorly. It's that they don't treat her at all. Yeah. And that's, it's, it's, it's shameful in, in, in that regard. I am hoping that the, the people who are swayable look at this and say, listen, I may hate Trump, but that's crazy. I may despise Trump, but that's nuts. You know, everything they've said about Trump taking away my rights, taking away the rights of women, right? Sending us back 50 years. That didn't happen. That hasn't happened. But this guy literally doesn't want me to be able to have a firearm, and this one literally doesn't want me to be able to have my own health care, and, thi- and this one this, and that one that, and that one the other. And What's worse, someone's tweets being crazy or someone's policies being crazy? Or someone being absolutely nuts. I think you're right about that. And, I, and by the way, his tweets are crazy. His tweets are surreal. Yeah. He has to stop. No, he has to keep doing it. Oh, really? Keep tweeting. He has to. Oh, no, no, there's a difference between keep tweeting and maybe knock out on uh, tweeting some of the crazy crap. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Really? I don't care. I mean, the, the he 9- has to keep tweeting. The 9-11, the 9/11 but... tweet. Did you see the 9-11 tweet? I did not see the 9-11 tweet. Am I going to want to see the 9-11 tweet? Let me, let me make sure that this wasn't fake before. <laughs> if it's a meme, it was probably fake. No. It no, I, I, hate an, I hate a self-inflicted wound. And I think he gives himself self-inflicted wounds. And every time he does, and I'm like, man, stop doing this. Here comes the left overplaying their hand. I'm sorry. Beto yeah, but this is just happening on Twitter. Beto, but, but this didn't just happen on Twitter. Beto O'Rourke didn't just happen on Twitter. No. Right? About Trump. And that's my point, that even if you said it just happens on Twitter, which still moves plenty of people in, you know, in what, they, what they hear, I don't know if those people are like, all right, Trump is nuts, but that guy is dangerous, and he's gonna—he's not gonna—he's gonna prevent me from protecting my kids. It's like when people talk about common sense gun laws. There's a Republican senator from Indiana named Mike Braun, who's like, we should really look at common sense gun laws. And I said, okay, I want constitutional carry, and I want to put an end to gun-free zones, because I think both those things are common sense gun laws. Both those things are common sense. Do you think he agrees with me on that? Nope. And you and I have both met Mike Braun. Have you had him on your show to talk I've, about this? To not talk about this, this subject, not yet. Not yet. It's going to be unkind when we do, because I don't think he can answer the question. I will not allow generalities on the subject. Tell me what a common sense gun law is. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's very much supporting the red flag laws. So the argument there is, I, if, if you tell me we're going to have a system by which we codify the idea of adjudicating somebody mentally unfit, because there are mentally unfit people out there. I don't even have a problem with that. Red flag laws where a cop can decide, oh, he's dangerous, take his guns, that's unacceptable. Even the one in Indiana, which is known as the Jake Laird law, I'm not okay with. Gives cops way too much authority. They passed red flag laws in in Florida, thousand cases. I mean, cops are doing it left and right. I don't want to hate on cops. I have no issue with cops. 
But my job is not to give them more power. It's not my job. The job is difficult for them. I get it. I understand it. That's why I'm not a cop. And if it's too difficult, do something else. Really and truly. But I'm not here to, to, to have my rights taken away so you can have an easier job. No. I'm not doing any part of that. So I, the, the part about red flag laws I'm willing to engage in is we have these people who have a mentally ill relative, mentally ill child, um, someone. And then they go, you know they're dangerous and they go out hurting somebody. And then everybody stares at the parents and say, why didn't you do something? Maybe we should give them an avenue of doing something. Maybe we should say, let's have a way for them to possibly prevent this tragedy. They did all... Andrew Pollock's book, Why Meadow Died. Andrew Pollock is one of the fathers uh, from Parkland, from Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. His daughter was Meadow. Died in the shooting. He wrote the book, Why Meadow Died. It's just coming out. And in the book, they detail all the ways the middle school and the high school knew that this shooter, whose name I won't use, was a problem and was dangerous and how he shouldn't have been allowed at uh, Douglas High School, how he shouldn't have been allowed to do this and that, and how the school system not only did nothing, but was proactive in getting him back into the schools. They did nothing. And so when he makes the argument that the school system killed my daughter, he's got a great argument. He has got a legitimate, serious argument because what they did in letting him back in is is painful. This guy was talking about killing people all the time. Uh, he was talking. He was drawing crude objects. He was trying to show people, "Hey, you want to see this video of me skinning a cat?" Like crazy. How in this day and age can you just let that happen and, and just be like, "Ah, oh, nah, whatever." What that school did something under the superintendent Robert Runcie called the Promise Program, which it was an Obama era program, and ostensibly it was about helping kids uh, avoid the school to prison pipeline. What it really does is not report things that are happening so the school looks like it's doing better. Mm -hmm. So they brushed it under the rug. They moved it aside. They did this and that. This is what they do in order to make themselves look better. Did you find it, by the way? I found a tweet on 9-11, but it wasn't the one that I had seen that was circulated. So that may have been fake. I'm willing to bet you it was. But let me ask you this. If you have a problem with him tweeting this on 9-11. Go ahead. If it weren't for the never-ending fake news about me and with all that I have done more than any other president in the first two and a half years, I would be leading the partners of the lamestream media by 20 points. Sorry, but true. Um, Can you take a day off? Oh. But that stuff, I, nine, I, I, maybe it's just me thinking to myself, uh, you know, there are good ways to use Twitter and there are bad ways, and it just seems to me it's like, okay, could that have waited to 912? I mean, do you really have to... Is that what the President of the United States needs to be tweeting on 9-11? And that's not nearly as bad as what the, the, the tweet that I saw. Uh, but that was probably a fake tweet. And the answer is yes, he can wait. The point might very well be that the others don't wait. And he's not about to, to wait when others won't. He's not about to, to sit idly by when others um, go out there and, and continue to rip him apart and go after him and lie about him and do all, and do all the things. He fights. He, he fights, and that is why people love him, which is why, going back to Beto O'Rourke, if he's going to fight on this subject, people on the left are attracted to it. They're not going to take anybody who wants to play it down the middle or wants to be intellectual about the thing. They want guttural, clinically insane screaming. This is what they want. I want Fanimation fans in my home. Fanimation.com. Ceiling fans like nothing else you have ever seen. Whisper quiet, customizable, the blades you want, the colors you want, the styles that you want. They do an incredible, amazing job over at Fanimation. When you're at Blend Bar Cigar in Indianapolis, Indiana, where we record the podcast, all the fans here are from Fanimation. And you never hear them. You never hear them. All they do is move the air and make it nice and comfortable for you to have your cigar. That's what they're going to do in your family room, in your living room, in your bedrooms, or in that outdoor area. Because they can do indoor-outdoor, LED lighting, whatever it is you want, Fanimation. And Fanimation.com has got you covered. So go buy that ceiling fan right now. Finish off that room right. Fanimation. Fanimation.com. Uh, we've been smoking the, uh, the, the, the Xeno Platinum here. This is the Xeno Platinum Scepter Series. Now, mine did just go out, but I was doing a lot of talking. So I'm going to say that that's it, because yours yeah, is still going. It's perfectly fine. And you're not even feeling well, and you're still going. It's good. 
it is an easy cigar. Very happy with this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now, we've done cigars that are stronger but have less flavor. This is absolutely a full kind of flavor. A touch of the pepper. Uh, I'm going to say a little bit almost of, of grasses going on in there. I have not gotten to anything that would give me baking spices as of yet. But I am not. Ha- you, you're in your second, third. April is close to the final third. I'm still in the first. So maybe I need to get more into it. Uh, be able to, to be able to get there. Now, as a price point, this is eighteen ninety nine. It's near twenty bucks a stick. It's it's just a really good mild cigar. It's not that you have to spend money and it's got to be some real strong cigar. It's not, it's not it. You got to have the thing you want. So the question is, is it worth the money? It's really good. I'm not a hundred percent there yet. That it's worth well, it's the worth money. your money if that's the kind of money you spend on cigars. Yeah, I, I, twenty is usually where I ask questions. In the twelve to fifteen, I'll do all day. I'll try anything. Yeah, all day. And there's so many Makes good sense. options. But at twenty, I'm like, I'm not. I start having a touch of of hesitation and a touch of and a touch of pullback. Like we did a cigar last week. It was it was thirty five bucks. I'm like, no, no. I forgot. I, you have to check the podcast. Eat, drink, smoke podcast. Yeah, we're not going to tell you what it is. You got to go re- subscribe to the podcast and give yourself a five star review. That's the only way we're going to do it. Find April D. Gregory uh, on Twitter at April D. Gregory, the Smart Call Politics podcast as well. And then Fingers Malloy. Find him, Fingers Malloy Radio, on Facebook. Snark Factor, Enough Already podcast. What doesn't the man do? Everything from me is at tonycats.com. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Tonycats.com or Tony Katz Radio. And then subscribe to the podcast. Do that immediately. Eat, drink, smoke on iTunes, BackboneBourbon.com, Fanimation.com, and of course the great people at Blend Bar Cigar. In Pen- they're in Pittsburgh, they're in Houston, they're in Nashville, yeah, they and they're in Indianapolis. And they do all the good stuff. Go subscribe to the podcast. I'm Tony Katz. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. <laughs>